0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast, where we've got a hot crustacean band and a belly full of wood. Uh, I am Juliette. And who is here with me, as always?
1: It's me, Madison.
0: Yeah, we're back. We're doing it again. Uh, we are resuming our trip through the Kingdom Hearts series uh, after quite a long hiatus. It's and- just been a little while. It's a little, a little while, a little while. That's not. It's just been two years. <laughs> yeah, that's not much, really. Um, so, we're both resuming the recording of this podcast and also <laughs> resuming playing through Kingdom Hearts. Uh, and as always, we are going area by area, sort of world by world through the game. And this time, uh, we ended up with a little bit of a surprise. We thought we were going to be doing Atlantica this time. But it turns out that this is the point in the game where no matter whether you have selected Atlantica or Halloween Town as your next destination after Agrabah, you are going to get swallowed by Monstro and have a little adventure with Pinocchio and our old friend Riku uh, before you can head on to Atlantica. So that's what we did. And today we'll be discussing both that part and Atlantica. That uh, that was a surprise to me. I didn't think that came up until a little bit later in this game. Actually,
1: I was so certain that you got to avoid Monstro by going to Atlantica that I didn't look at which one you can choose to go up or down when you go to the next world. But you don't know what world they're going to be. So I said, "Oh, I'm pretty sure Atlantica is this one," and I went to it, and then Monstro showed up, and I was like, "Ooh, it's not that," and I restarted the game, which <laughs> is a pain because I'd already gone back to Traverse Town and done the Winnie the Pooh part. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So I, I'll need to do that again eventually. Um, But I did, <laughs> I did hop up and turn off my PS4 and get back on it, and then go and say, "Oh no, it was Atlantica." <laughs> So then I did get swallowed by Monstro and go through that, and then also had to go back through the warp through Gummy Zone. And you got to play that long Gummy Shit segment again. Okay, sidebar, because I was so bad coming back to the Gummy levels, I had to go design a Gummy Ship for the first time in my life to have a powerful enough Gummy Ship. I designed the ugliest Gummy Ship there's ever been in the world, but it did have like 100 power and got me through
0: nice nice very good no so i have never personally been able to bring myself to actually fully design a usable gummy ship in kingdom hearts one just because i find the interface for it really really difficult to use
1: uh was it okay for you it was very bad it does. If you you could be forgiven for going through the whole game without ever opening up this interface. Uh-huh. It does look like math blasters or something it like does, it feels it? like it feels like kind of like Disney was making a Chip and Dale gummy game, gummy ship game. And then Square showed up and was like, hey, we want to make Kingdom Hearts. And Disney said, hey, we're making a game. Can you put this in there? And they said, uh, yeah, Disney, we can put this in there and then hit it as much as they could. Cause it's like, it looks different than everything else. It has a really, really awkward 3D interface. I managed to design a ship that had, uh, didn't have any structural integrity. The parts were not actually connected to each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> But it <laughs> it does it work. Worked? It has it. It works. It's flyable. It works. It has three engines and two wings oh, man. and a bunch of the the uh, defense blocks and a big arm that doesn't seem to do anything. <laughs> no,
0: that that interface really it, it it truly does have a lot of like PC nineties PC CD ROM game energy. You know, it it does absolutely look like something that would be like on an elementary school computer in like 1997. Yeah, it's not good. It's not fun to use. It's really confusing. And it feels like it it takes a lot of effort to get anything out of it.
1: It's got a 3D grid that you have to move around, move your pieces around on and rotate them on to place them. But it doesn't really, it's not intuitive at all. But it was worth not dying on the gummy ship level for a third time.
0: Have you ever seen like what speedrunners do with that? Where like, oh, they, they just literally...
1: put a, cu- they put the basic, the minimum possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that the, so that the gummy ship has like, basically it's got like one HP, but it's very fast because it's just a cockpit and a rocket, basically. So <laughs> yeah. And then they just never get hit. And
1: yeah cool i'll have to yeah. try that next time just just yeah. don't get hit just don't get hit that's that's all that's all you need to do but gosh those gummy ship
0: levels go on forever they do they're so long i i've always been kind of a defender of the gummy ship in this game mainly because i just like the music but like man going back to it it's like they're they're so long and they always surprise you with more level <laughs>
1: Because you go through that little blank spot and you're like, yeah. oh, it's over. But then it says, no, there's more level. Yeah, Here it there's, comes.
0: There's more level. And then you are in the gummy Ship again for several more minutes.
1: And it's not fun, really. Uh, but Warp Drive is cool. It's I'm still kind of fuzzy on when you get to use it and when you don't, because I was able to warp back to Traverse Town in my doomed timeline play that had to get restarted. I'm pretty sure you can just warp
0: back to any any world that you've been to before. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I think once you get once you get the warp drive, which you you only get, I think, once you've completed that first ring of levels, you essentially it essentially means you only have to do each gummy ship segment one time. But yeah, uh yeah that 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 is not fun. Uh having to do having to redo gummy ship levels because you are trying to get to a specific place is not is not fun
1: and it's just humiliating to die on a gummy ship level but we do have a lot of ground to cover a lot of fish
0: we do uh yeah it's, it's actually very it's a very na- very nautical episode that's true So, yeah, the very first the first level that we're going to talk about is uh, the Monstro, the Monstro world. It's in Monstro. He's a world. Uh, And yeah, so this is the the game's sort of attempt to do an adaptation of the classic Disney movie Pinocchio. And let's talk a little bit about Pinocchio, uh, which we've we've had a little bit of Pinocchio, uh, you know, Uh, experience all the way through this game, actually, because of the constant presence of Jiminy Cricket uh, as as part of the the adventuring group in this game. Yeah, he's introduced right at the start when Donald and Goofy are leaving the Disney Castle and he's with you the whole time. He does the the journal. He pops up occasionally and he says that their world the world he's from was destroyed, and everybody got separated and uh yeah, here we find out where his boy is uh and let's talk a little bit up a little bit about Pinocchio though so Pinocchio was the very uh you know uh, heavily uh heavily altered uh adaptation of a a older story that Disney decided to use as the the basis for their second animated feature film ever. Pinocchio is a 1940 film, and it is very loosely based on The Adventures of Pinocchio by Carlo Collodi. You know, like Disney would do with many of their animated films, it is is extremely loose adaptation. Uh, in particular, the character of Pinocchio himself is almost completely different. The Jim- Jiminy Cricket character is vaguely based on a character from the original story, but drastically expanded because in the original story, Pinocchio, who is just a little monster, meets this cricket who tries to give him some wisdom and he just kills him. He just crushes this cricket with his foot and then it comes back as a ghost a little bit later. But it's not it's not not a, a constant presence as 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 Jiminy Cricket is in the Disney Pinocchio. Basically, Pinocchio was a kind of a big, big investment for Disney at the time. It was something that Walt Disney himself really believed in, thought it would be a great follow up to Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. He put some of his kind of uh, top animators on it. The credits for this movie are a little bit strange because of how Disney, the Disney studio worked back then, but the kind of overall directors were Ben Sharpstein and Hamilton Lusk. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. The The whole thing was, was you know, really kind of like the process they used for, for Snow White, but even more so, you know, uh, more animators, b- bigger name people voicing the characters. And unfortunately, the movie was actually not very successful when it came out, largely because of World War II. And the fact that a considerable portion of the overseas market was not really interested in showing and uh, making making money for American films at the time. But it did eventually get reissued in 1945 when it was very successful. And Pinocchio has been kind of a, a constant presence Ever since in, you know, Disney media, you know, the the character shows up in lots of things, a big presence in the theme parks. Uh, so it's just kind of a natural fit for for it to, to show up here. The bit that's adapted for the game here is actually kind of the very, very end of the. Pinocchio, uh, where Pinocchio after a series of adventures. So Pinocchio is, you know, he's a, a wooden, a wooden marionette puppet who's brought to life by a wish by his creator, Geppetto, uh, wishes that Pinocchio were, were a real boy that could be his son. And, uh, Pinocchio comes to life and has some adventures where he essentially, makes mistakes and gets corrected for them. You know, he trusts the wrong people. He, uh, you know, falls into vice. Uh, you know, he he doesn't listen to his conscience, Jiminy Cricket. But eventually he learns uh, how to be a, a better person. And then at the end of the movie, he comes back to his, his home and finds that his father, Geppetto, has gone looking for him and has been lost at sea. So Pinocchio goes out to find him, uh, gets swallowed by the whale, the giant, terrifying whale Monstro, which in the original story was the terrible dogfish, apparently. And he gets swallowed by Monstro, which is luckily enough where Geppetto is. They make a fire to escape uh, that makes Monstro sneeze them out. Uh, Pinocchio actually basically dies in the process, but is then brought back to life as a real boy uh, by the Blue Fairy. And uh, happily ever after. So yeah, that's more or less what we get here: is traveling in uh, the strange void of space that <laughs> comprises the Kingdom Hearts, you know, universe. Monstro swallows the gummy ship, which uh, ends up putting Sora, Donald, and Goofy in Monstro's big, weird mouth, stomach, cavern area where Pinocchio and Geppetto are. And yeah, uh, that's essentially where we we pick up the game here, which is the thing that's interesting about this section of the game is basically this is not uh, a Disney level. This is not one of the kind of, you know, attempts more or less to to adapt a, a Disney story in like a scaled down form here.
1: Yeah, they don't retail Pinocchio. No, this is really like a plot
0: level for Kingdom Hearts, the game. So, yeah, a very different sort of thing here and not, also not a very long level, which is why we're doing both it and Atlantica today. But a few interesting things happen here. So before we get into that, though, so you you just recently, uh, Madison, you you recently rewatched uh, a good portion of Pinocchio. What did you think of it?
1: Uh It's a. It's obviously it's a very strange. The thing that was most striking uh, after I, I looked into Pinocchio, some is I suppose Disney got started with their celebrity stand-in characters pretty uh, pretty early uh-huh. with this one because Jiminy Cricket is like a basically a, a cartoon character version of the voice actor Cliff Edwards, who was a, a popular um singer and performer of the time. Which I suppose is why I feel like Jiminy Cricket is one of the most recognizable characters of the movie. Maybe why it was kind of a credible plot twist in Kingdom Hearts that there was any Pinocchio world at all. Mm -hmm. Because when Jiminy Cricket shows up, you're like, well, that's Jiminy Cricket. He sings When You Wish Upon a Star. So I guess that's all the Pinocchio we get in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if you're going to have one thing from Pinocchio in this game, it's absolutely going to be Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Like, nothing else is is nearly as—I mean, I think Jiminy Cricket is is pretty easily, like, the most iconic part of that movie in a lot of ways. He's
1: probably also the most compelling character in the movie because Pinocchio is very—is, you know, a newborn being who is bizarre. Uh, Geppetto is— a very strange man and then all the everyone else is villains basically there's geppetto's two animal friends who are fine uh one of them does show up in the game cleo the beautiful fish oh yes
0: with the beautiful eyelashes
1: yes the beautiful long eyelashes who smooches everybody geppetto also had a cat i guess he did make it off the world in kingdom hearts i guess he got destroyed uh rest in peace figaro yeah <laughs> um But yeah, there's a lot of very scary villains in Pinocchio, uh, some of whom are racial caricatures. Yep. And uh, none of those made it into Kingdom Hearts, probably for the best. That's good. Yeah. And I I didn't actually get to the part uh, with Monstro, so I'm trying to probably it doesn't look like this level in Kingdom Hearts, because this Kingdom Hearts level looks very strange. This Kingdom
0: Hearts level is very strange, and it's very conspicuous that, like, the entry chamber for Monstro, the bit that actually does have, uh, you know, the the boat in it, and that where Geppetto hangs out with Cleo the, the entire time you're off doing things, I think that does look like the area that they show in the movie. But, mm-hmm. um, past that, yeah, all bets are off, because this is... This fish is sick. This whale needs a doctor.
1: It's got too many spots and too many chambers. Way too many chambers. And the chambers don't seem functional. And apparently that's all mouth because then you get to throat.
0: Right. Throat, which is also its own weird thing that doesn't make any sense. So,
1: so uh, do you want to talk about what
0: happens in Monstro?
1: Yeah, so inter- interestingly, um, and how you can kind of tell this isn't really about Pinocchio, it's about Kingdom Hearts. When we get swallowed by Monstro, what we get is a flashback to Sora's youth, where we see little Sora and little Riku exploring on the islands. They find that mysterious room underneath the hidden tree on Destiny Island. And I suppose we were wondering about this earlier, that they did know about that weird door. Because they find it for the first time. Yeah, they're like, hey, what's up with
0: this weird door?
1: But, uh, you know, they're just kids. It's just a door. So they're like, well, nothing to do about that. So they have a little conversation about how, you know, they're gonna um, have some real grown up adventures when they're grown up. They also mentioned that there's a mayor, which is news to me. I guess there's a mayor of Destiny Island. Um, Rest in peace, mayor of Destiny Island. You're gone, too. Yep. Then we, you know, Sora wakes up or like comes back to awareness inside of Monstro. You know, we're in this weird place. We realize that it's inside of Monstro. We get the little title card sequence and we see Pinocchio up on a platform digging through a treasure chest. And I guess Donald knows Pinocchio. He sees him and he says his name. Uh, in kind of a a weird performance uh, by this actor's line i i don't know what he's supposed to be feeling here he like sees pinocchio he's like oh yeah pinocchio hey wait a second pinocchio and then pinocchio runs off maybe he knew about him from gemini cricket telling him i don't know um so then you run a little bit after pinocchio and meet up with geppetto and cleo in their little camp inside of monstro they're trying to put their boat back together so they can get out um, Geppetto's actually trying to make a gummy ship. He's got some gummy parts, uh, but while you're talking to Geppetto, Pinocchio runs off. So you gotta go follow him, and then you go into the labyrinthine, very worrisome chamber-like depths of—I uh, almost said Lord Jabu Jabu of mo- Monstro's you, you, mouth.
0: You see- you know he's he's an off-brand Lord Jabu-Jabu. Let's be real. <laughs> there is one reason why there's a monster level in this game, and that reason is definitely the fact that there was a bit in a Zelda game where you got where you went inside a whale and had adventures in it. So yes, yeah. there's
1: absolutely some similarities. Um, but when you finally do catch up with Pinocchio, you find that he's met up with another friend. Oh my gosh, it's Riku. And Riku has some very nasty words for you. He's not very nice at all. No. Oh. Uh, I don't know who hurt him. I guess probably Zora in his mind. He's like, oh, what are you doing? I'm just here hanging out with Pinocchio, but you don't want to hang out with me or Pinocchio. Bye. And they run off. He says, like, you gotta, ch- you got to catch us. And so you have to go through this maze type thing. There's some... Heartless here. They're like these gross little pumpkin head guys. I guess they're like snots or something. I'm not sure. Maybe they think you're about to get to Halloween Town and it'll make sense that they're these weird phantom guys. Well,
0: so so what's what's actually strange is that the pumpkin head guys show up in Atlantica, too. I don't know why, because those do feel like enemies that are like only really appropriate for Halloween Town. But yeah, they're in like Three of the levels from at least three of the levels from this part of the game. Real strange.
1: They're fine. There's some large bodies. Um, It's all they're not too hard to beat. There are a lot of them. And if you get lost in these chambers, you have to fight them a few times or get knocked down. There's also some little flying guys and these the pumpkin head guys warp around. It's it's a little annoying. But eventually you catch up with Pinocchio and Riku this is when Pinocchio gets captured by the thing. Also happens in Lord, in Link's, not Link's Awakening. Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. This, just like in Ocarina of Time, Pinocchio gets trapped inside a parasite thing. That's right, yeah.
0: Um, actually, the other thing this reminded me of a whole lot was the first real proper boss fight from Final Fantasy IX, where Vivi gets caught by a big plant monster in the woods and is in like a cage in its stomach.
1: And Vivi's also a Pinocchio character. Yeah, Vivi's
0: also a Pinocchio character. So I I don't know. I wonder if that was like a weird kind of pseudo reference this game was making to to the the other wooden boy.
1: Well, if they knew about Final Fantasy IX, they could have put some of that in here. We like Final Fantasy IX, Square. That's true.
0: Vivi's in the next one. Vivi's in okay. Final, he's he's in Kingdom Hearts too. Well, that's good. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. A little bit strange. Um I think personally, I think there was a weird hang up uh about using Final Fantasy characters that Nomura didn't create and he didn't um, work on Final Fantasy 9. So
1: boohoo. Okay. I guess that makes sense.
0: What whatever, whatever. But yeah, so uh maybe, <laughs> Pinocchio gets
1: got, right? He gets got, he gets put with now this does happen in the movie. Pinocchio does get put in a cage. That's it's true. just not a big fleshy monster in the movie. But that's fine. Some artistic liberty. You he is like yelling that he wants to get out of there while you're trying to save him. That's fine, Pinocchio, we're coming. You beat up the monster, it runs away. And then um Pinocchio's passed out. Uh but so Riku is helping you at that point because he also wants to get Pinocchio. Yeah. You gotta fight the monster again without Pinocchio this time inside of it, and you defeat it. But then uh Riku runs off with Pinocchio, all passed out, and you, you chase him out to the mouth and Geppetto's like, No, please don't take my son and Riku says, Huh, whatever. I've got important things to do with this puppet and leaves. He, he Wait, does he get away with him? Because you no, said that does, you go he, back he, and he see him. He doesn't,
0: actually, because, yeah, Pinocchio, I think he just leaves Pinocchio. He's like, whatever. And he leaves. Oh, OK, Pinocchio. well, that's
1: good. I'm glad he yeah. didn't get Pinocchio. I yeah. didn't I didn't make it up back to Traverse Town after this. So I didn't know that he was okay.
0: No, it's really funny because this is essentially the end of the sequence here, uh, the monster sequence, and then monster kind of sneezes the gummy ship out, uh, and and Sora's like, "Well, I hope the other two are okay." (laughs) <laughs> and Donald's like, yeah, they're probably fine. But like, if you don't go back to Traverse Town and see that like Geppetto has a house there now and has set up shop there, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that that he's, you know, that they are actually OK. It would just be like, oh, yeah, I guess they don't matter that much. Let's not worry about them anymore.
1: So then we get a little scene of Riku and Maleficent where they've got a passed out Kyrie, and Riku's very worried about her. Maleficent tells him that he has to open the door of light to help her, and that'll help her somehow by getting the princesses of heart. He has to kidnap all the seven princesses of heart, um, which we've heard a little bit about so far, that they're trying to get these princesses. Uh, And Riku says, like, I don't know if that'll help her, but okay. And they seem a little concerned about, like, what the implications of Pinocchio being a living person are for the idea of hearts in bodies. uh, But they don't really reach any answers. I suppose they were trying to do some research on Pinocchio.
0: No, that's that's
1: definitely like
0: why Riku wants Pinocchio is he wants to figure out what the deal is with this thing uh, that appears to be alive and you know fully embodied as like a person, but is is also not like a a human or or like a a living being, so
1: I don't know how they know he doesn't have a heart. He seems like he has a heart, maybe it's something you can just sense
0: I guess no it's it's strange actually, because this will come up again later in the series because in Kingdom Hearts three, the black trench coat uh posse that we we haven't met yet will also be trying to study this phenomenon by, you know, examining the Toy Story characters for seemingly the the exact same reason of, you know, trying to figure out what the deal is with these things that are like, you know, living inanimate objects. And yeah, I don't I don't know that they learn anything about that either. <laughs> but uh, it's it's definitely a thing that seems troubling for for these people, which, you know, fair. There's a pretty specific cosmology in this series of like how bodies and hearts and minds work that a lot of things don't actually seem to adhere to.
1: Well, who cares about all that nerd plot stuff? Because the important part about Monstro is that you get high jump. You do. And it's so good. It's much better. You, there's a few things that they put in Monstro. That you can only reach with high jump, just to let you stretch your legs a little bit with it. Then if you go to Atlantica right away, of course, it doesn't matter. (laughs) But that's fine, because in Atlantica, you have complete dominion over all axes of movement. Anyway, you get high jump. It's awesome. Also, in my game, Donald got the ability to gain MP back from taking damage. Thank God. Because now if he can't hit anything, he's not just useless. So that's all great. And that's what you do in Monstro. And we can go into what happens in Traverse Town. Catch up on the things there next episode. Because we got to get to Atlantica. Full speed ahead. Atlantica, The Little Mermaid is one of the most well-known, beloved, whatever, Disney movies of all of them. If you've seen... You know any of the Disney movies made before 2000. You've seen Little Mermaid. It's got the story of Little Mermaid. You know it. You love it. Little Mermaid is a mermaid. She falls in love with a human and also is a human, Abu. (laughs) Gets the sea witch Ursula to turn her into human so she can go on land and get with her human crush. Through some trials and tribulations, she managed to do that and marries the human. Her father, who didn't like humans changes his mind and lets her be human for good but most of that stuff doesn't happen in this game it doesn't deal with any of that human world stuff Uh, it's just about the atlantica stuff it's got a slightly different plot this one is one of the more standard levels where they're pretty much retelling it's like an alternate universe retread of the movie plot but with the Kingdom Hearts stuff in there, Ursula, the Sea Witch, calls on the powers of the Heartless to do some of her evil deeds instead of just having whatever her sorcerer powers. The interesting thing about Atlantica is that when you show up there, Sora, before you enter the world, he's like, hey, this is all like underwater. I don't think we're really going to fit in there. And Donald's like, oh, it's cool. It's cool. I've got it handled. <laughs> and it seems that Donald, I guess his speciality is not in battle magic, because he definitely doesn't seem to have this level of power when he's fighting beside you. But he does manage to alter all three of your bodies for an, an indefinite amount of time into sea creature centaurs. Yes, and, uh, this is pretty fun. This is the first time that, ha- that this happens in the series. Uh, but it'll, it'll happen a few more times that you actually in, um, in Halloween town as well. Yeah. That your, your, your appearance is altered and you get little world specific forms. This is one of the most, um, dramatic examples of that because Sora does become a merman. Goofy does become a turtle with Goofy's head. Donald does become an octopus. A sex. Well, it's an octopus. It's one thing that made that this made me realize is that I said Donald only has six octopus tentacles. Does Ursula only have six tentacles? And she does. Oh, okay. There you go. So uh, I I mean, eight limbs total, but um, that's how they decided to design them. I guess eight tentacles would be kind of busy. It would be a lot. Yeah. But Donald looks so naked. You're all not wearing shirts because you're fish people. And Sora, like, you know, he just looks like shirtless Sora with a
0: shark tail. So I, I got I got to say, actually, Sora is upsettingly ripped, I think. Uh, <laughs> he has got way too much abs going on.
1: Country boys, island yeah, boys. You
0: know, he that's true. Does a lot of rowing, probably. Uh, but yeah, you're right. He's basically just the upper half is just Sora. And then he's got that tail.
1: I I think that his tail goes like up to the navel area. So it's not like we don't get like that lower back area where like you really look nude. That's true. If you see that part of a person, like but Donald's like it's like he's I I guess like Donald usually doesn't wear any pants, he only wears a shirt. So if he's not wearing the shirt, like that's where his Donald bits are, I guess. He's under the shirt. And it's
0: it's not great,
1: yeah. I think he also, I feel like Donald's like kind of portly, but he's very slender as an octopus duck. He also makes a very bad sound when he swims around. <laughs> yeah. It's
0: like, like fingers going through jelly.
1: <laughs> yes. So I did have Goofy in my party for most of the time. Yeah. Because I couldn't handle all that. S- same, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he's a- also, as we discussed, he is a little more effective most of the time. So you get to Atlantica, you meet Ariel and Flounder and Sebastian who are fleeing from some Heartless that they're surprised by. Um, they run into you, you, you just defeat the Heartless and they are, are very grateful. Um, you do have to lie to them and tell them that you're from another ocean. They do still realize that you're very bad at swimming as Merfolk, so they, sh- they show you how to do it. And um, I feel like the game creators had a lot of anxiety about how the mechanics, how the movement would work at this part. They gave you a lot of, they tried to help you out a lot, but I, I felt that the swimming controls were pretty good.
0: Yeah, I did too, actually. Uh, So this is this is essentially the other main type of movement this game will have, because even though this is the only area with swimming, there is also flying later on, which is functionally the same thing as this. So, yeah, like, you know, I think they were a little worried that this was going to be a lot for for players to to deal with. So they do give you this whole little area where you have to follow Flounder around and kind of, you know, touch him, uh, you know, when he stops at various places to prove that you know how to do things like change levels and, you know, move around in the water and everything. But yeah, it feels it feels pretty good. It feels all right, I think.
1: Flounder, by the way, looks like he aged about 15 years and several unwanted children in the transition to cg he's got like a weirdly shadowed face but that's okay one thing that i didn't care for about the graphics in atlantica is that especially during the cutscenes, they put this like ripply effect over everything (laughs) to make it look like it did it made me feel like i was having a vertigo episode (laughs) (laughs) that's so yeah that's not 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 ideal it's at least the camera was a little less frantic in this level because the spaces are kind of wide open, so it doesn't have to zoom around corners a lot. So you meet up with the Little Mermaid characters, they, they give you the rundown, they say that they're having problems with the Heartless, and that you gotta go talk to King Triton. This is another level that's completely desolate of anybody but the, the four main characters of the movie. Uh, no one else. In all of Atlantica, just monsters. I guess they've evacuated or something, I hope. They're hiding in those big seashell houses, probably. Oh, okay, sure. You know. Uh, So another another help that the game gives you is that they put these big gold tritons everywhere to try to point you toward the palace so that you know where to go. It's great for this part, but it's not great later when you do have to go other places. And there's still just arrows pointing you toward the palace
0: <laughs> we'll we'll get into this probably a little bit, but yeah, Atlantica is a pretty big area, and it is because partially because of how you can have so many more movement options than you do in the on foot levels can be pretty confusing to get around, so yeah
1: there's some pretty good heartless here i uh when the frogmen showed up i was pretty impressed with them but then the anglerfish i love the frogmen yeah the frogmen are really cool but the anglerfish tank guys are my favorite here they're very cool yeah but they're they're big like kind of like like
0: torpedo heads with like a propeller in the back they're they're very good
1: yeah very steampunk and uh and pretty fun to fight i like that um I guess this is true all the time, but when you're fighting somebody and you're locked on, even if you are too far away to hit them, Sora will move toward them when you attack. So if you are, uh, if it's not always easy to judge distance, especially in, the, in Atlantica, but if you just keep swinging, you'll eventually inch over to the enemy and be able to wail on them. You do meet up with King Triton and um, he clocks you immediately as not being of this world. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't uh, call you out on it in front of Ariel, but he he can say he knows about other worlds. Ariel also seems to like be kind of vaguely aware of other worlds because of she does say she wants to travel to other worlds. Uh, to be fair, that is kind of how she talks about things in the movie.
0: It is. Yeah, this is a it, kind of a nice. Th- th- this one, I think, translates to being about the stuff Kingdom Hearts is about pretty pretty cleanly in a lot of ways. Uh you know, in this it's basically like instead of being suspicious of the human world, King Triton is is very suspicious of of people from other worlds because as we'll get into a little in a little bit. He knows all about like the keyhole and stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, he basically tells you to not in- interfere and he tells Ariel to, you know, keep to herself and not 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 get into any trouble.
1: So, of course she doesn't do that, just no, like in the not. movie. Yeah. Uh, she does run off. You go with Ariel and explore the um, you explore her little grotto, which is pretty cute. It's got some of the treasures from the movie. It's also got some treasure chests that you can open. Um, and then you go and explore the shipwreck. Um, and you find a piece of treasure in the shipwreck. you find a crystal trident. And if you had been by the grotto, you might recognize that there is a trident shaped recess inside the inside of Ariel's grotto that you would want to take that back to. Um, at this point, you are menaced by that big shark, but you don't have to fight him right now. Uh, you can just run away. Um, you can also open up a shortcut back to the main part of the level, which is pretty cool. It's just a one way shortcut though. No, it's not. It is a two way shortcut. It just blasts you out the first time. Um, and so you go, you put the crystal trident in the trident hole, um, but then before anything can happen, King Triton shows up and has, a, has his little fit about how you didn't, Daryl didn't do it, he said. So he blows up the crystal trident and Ariel's very sad. You go get chewed out by King Triton. Is that right?
0: Yeah, this is when he's more direct about like, yeah, you're not from another ocean. You're from another world. So you guys need to go. And you need to stay away from my daughter and the keyhole.
1: Yeah. Uh, But while no one was watching Ariel, she does get um, propositioned by Flotsam and Jetsam. Jetsam, The sea witch Ursula's little minions who tell her that Ursula can help her travel to other worlds or whatever she wants to do. Just like in the movie, for some reason, this convinces Ariel because she's very upset with her father. Because she's like 15 and she's mad at her father, basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so in this, Ursula doesn't want to trick Ariel into becoming her, I don't know, little slug pet. Yeah. Um, she wants Well, all she wants is the is King Triton's trident. So she gets Ariel to sneak her into the palace where King Triton's just left his trident on the ground, I guess. Yeah. It's a pretty
0: abrupt cut, actually, because it's like because Ursula's like, "Yeah, I've got something I need from you," and then the very next scene is her with the trident, and Ariel's like, "I didn't want this to happen."
1: <laughs> and then for some reason, so King Triton doesn't get turned into a little slug like in the movie, he's just like dying, I guess. He's he's indisposed on his throne, and so you got to go find Ursula and beat her up. Um, He does give you a hint at this point, if you talk to him outside of the cutscene, that you need to cast magic spells on her cauldron because that's where her power, her invincibility comes from. So this part tripped me up a little bit, figuring out what to do next, because what you need to do is go to the shipwreck and everybody, Sebastian and Ariel's Grotto tells you that there's like a secret mechanism behind the sunken ship. Great. So I go there, I find it, and then when I try to interact with it, it says, isn't there something else you should be doing? Which is extremely rude. So I go explore everywhere else. But, of course, what it wants you to do is beat up the shark. Uh. Because you can't activate the mechanism while the shark is still active. So the shark is in this room. Um, You can't kill it. You can just knock it out. In, so in the movie, this shark is, like, huge and scary. In this video game, it kind of has—fighting it kind of has the same feeling as, like, if you saw the scene at the end of It 2017, where the kids just, like, pick up, like, rusty pipes and chains and yes. just, like, beat the crap out of the evil clown. You just, like, beat this shark to down. It's kind of pathetic. He did not stand his chance. Uh, So you you beat up the shark and then Sebastian can activate the switch to open the secret door to get to Ursula's cave. And it does have those little slug guys from the movie, which are some of the creepiest things from the movie.
0: This area actually looks really nice.
1: Yeah, it's it's it is good. It's kind of it's got like purple Disney villain lighting. Uh, There's a couple little ways to go through um, Ursula's. Heidi Hole is like inside of a big skeleton that you you go through the mouth of, which is very cool. But then you get to the cauldron fight, which was as
0: far as I made it in in this playthrough. I did not budget enough time. To deal with the fact that I would die numerous times on the cauldron fight.
1: (laughs) So this is great. I think I would have had a better time with both of these subsequent bosses if I had remembered that I could use summons. Yeah. Because I did forget about them and they're probably really strong and could have done a lot of damage. I
0: have a bad feeling that the summons might not work in Atlantica, actually. Oh,
1: no. Well, you know, it makes me feel a little better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh that would be a shame. So the Cauldron fight is Kingdom Hearts attempt at a puzzle boss. It's where you not, have to um yeah. it's not a puzzle and it's not great. Um, but you do have to take some steps before you can damage Ursula the boss. In this fight, we're in Ursula's room, which is it looks pretty well like from the movie. She's got her like vanity. And a big scary cauldron. And you can swim all up and down in this room. Flotsam and Jetsam are in there saying like they're two lines that they have. They're fighting you. Really, Flotsam and Jetsam are here so that you can hit them and gain your MP back. But they did kill me several times. For some reason, every time I died, it was from Flotsam and Jetsam hitting me in the back. Uh, What you need to do is cast a magic spell at Ursula's cauldron, depending on whether it's blue or red. And uh it causes like a big cyclone to come out of it. And Ursula's invincibility power is disabled until she manages to throw enough potions back inside the cauldron to reactivate it. Great. So that's very straightforward. You disable the cauldron and then you can hit Ursula. But Ursula's got this spinning attack during which she cannot be damaged that she seems to... Use for about 98% of the fight. She's using this attack. She can't run out of PP using this thing. She has this little lap that she does every eight seconds while she's using it. And she's spinning her tentacles around and she'll smack you if you get close. You can parry her attacks if you hit her, but you can't damage her while she's spinning. So you got to dodge the spinning and then get over there and whack her for like the 1.5 second window while she's not spinning or invincible. Make sure you disable the cauldron. Don't get killed by Fautam and Jetsam. Ariel and your other party member, they don't do much. They try.
0: Yeah, my blood pressure has spiked so hard just listening to you (laughs) describe this fight again. It
1: goes on forever. You get you do die. I don't care what the speedrunners are up to. They're cheating because you can't fight Ursula and not you can. There is if you swim down to the cauldron at the bottom of the screen and swim around in a circle, she can't catch you and she can't really get down there enough to do any damage to you. But that really just makes the fight go on longer. So it's not the worst fight in all of Kingdom Hearts. But it could be better.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: and it's one of these fights where... I guess this is true of a lot of these bosses that you just fight them twice. One time's not enough. You you finish this fight with Ursula. I did get the ability to see health bars at some point. Um, between uh-huh. Monstro and here. And that's cool, I guess. It just lets you see how much longer you have to go. Uh, so eventually you get her gum, And then she escapes through a big portal in the wall that you can't follow her through. You can try and look at it but it it just says like you'll have to find another way to wherever she went. I don't know how you know it's like anywhere in the world or somewhere you could go. I I saw the scene where she goes there and I was like I guess she died. Uh but she didn't die though. Uh she's gotten out into the open ocean that you um Now that you have the ability to swim against the currents, you can go further in the one-way fast current um, channel and get to the open ocean where Ursula makes herself huge, just like in the movie, makes a big cyclone. I guess she's still underwater, though, because you can still swim around just fine, unless you're floating through the air and swimming. I don't know.
0: So, canonically, you have not gotten the ability to fly yet, so... This has gotta be underwater still I guess i don't I don't know it doesn't make much sense but this is uh this is now our first uh, instance of a thing that Kingdom Hearts is going to do a few times, which is the fly or swim around a head and whack that head a lot fight and
1: it's a lot of head <laughs> <laughs> a lot of head. great thing about giant Ursula is that she tracks you with her eyes, but then when you go around behind the back of her head, her eyes kind of glitch out on their tracking animation <laughs> and roll around like crazy for a second, which is really cool. I love that. Yeah. Uh, she's got a lot of big attacks that, you know, do a bunch of damage. Um, I did get the ability to not get interrupted when healing, oh, God, which is really good for this fight and also helpful because I believe it can give you a brief invincibility frame because I was able to when she calls down her lightning right before it hit me do a heal. And then it it didn't interrupt me and it didn't seem to do any damage. I'm I'm not sure if it was just offset um by the healing or not, but the cure spell really really pulled a lot of weight for me in this fight. Again, I did die several times. I'm pretty rusty on uh on all of this Kingdom Hearts stuff uh but you you just have to keep going she's got a couple different phases uh where she does different types of attack and she bites you and then says you don't taste good and then you know says some other fighting game lines like this is going to hurt and then shoots you with lightning uh but you you know you beat her up and she goes down uh and then king triton likes you now which I guess is all, all you got to do for King Triton is, well, you know, defeat his worst enemy. That's pretty good. I guess there's worse reasons to change your mind. I mean, you know, when in doubt, murder. Yeah, you know, worth a try. A good murder. Yeah. Uh, so he he tells you that, you know, that crystal trident that I destroyed that you found. Well, I've got my trident and it's exactly the same shape and it can fit in that mysterious recess that opens up the keyhole so you go with him back to the grotto and he helps you open the keyhole and you lock the keyhole and you know he tells you like go protect the other worlds and stuff and ariel's like maybe one day i can go to another world and you say bye ariel and you go (laughs) and that's Atlantica. And that's Atlantic. That's pretty good. I, I had a pretty good amount of fun. Oh no, but wait, I forgot about the music. Oh
0: god, <laughs> I, the was, music. I was gonna the
1: music. S- <laughs> I was gonna say it's a pretty pleasant, fun level, but it's been a little too long since I played it, and I forgot about the background music, which is a um, instrumental version, a background music version of Under the Sea. It's like a 30 second loop of Under the Sea. (laughs) It's a 30 second loop of Under the Sea. It restarts whenever you enter a new room or whenever you end a fight. So you're hearing those opening the the start of the verse, the very recognizable verse that you know the words to every you know, 45 seconds you're hearing it over again. It plays during cut scenes. It plays every time you go somewhere new. It's constant. The battle music's fine, um, but actually, like, probably there's not enough of it. No. There's not enough battles in this, mu- in this game because you still have to hear Under the Sea background music version so much. Yeah, you know, it's...
0: Like, some of the levels in this game, they took a, a kind of more conceptual approach to the music, so they, like... You know, the background music in some of them, it's a thing that kind of sounds appropriate and a little bit like the music from the movie, but isn't actually one of the songs from it.
1: And, you know, we complained about that, but we
0: were wrong. We were wrong. That is the better way to do this, because I am never going to be able to forget the, the, you know, (laughs) It's tattooed on parts of my brain now, and it will never leave. One thing that I've always thought is kind of striking about the Atlantica level, and I think this is probably also partially a, a thing that that suggests they were a little nervous about this part, is that, so for one thing, Ariel par- is, is a party member here. And she is, I think, the only, like, Disney princess that that is that that is is playable it, i mean she's not playable she's an ai companion but she is one of the only ones that throughout the whole series i think there's like two others that i can think of where the like heroine of a disney movie becomes part of the kingdom hearts party at any point point. and the other thing that's interesting about her is that she's really strong yeah Like, I think they were worried that this part of the game would be too hard, you know, because of the the swimming controls. So they kind of just loaded her up with skills. So, yeah, Ariel is kind of um, she's kind of a wrecking ball, which is interesting. Yeah,
1: she's great. She's she's good in the battles. She casts arrow on you a bunch uh, and heals you and heals your whoever your third party member is. It's she's great. Put her in all the levels. Yeah.
0: Ariel is the best party member in this game, basically, is what I'm saying. And that's that's interesting. That's kind of that's kind of a cool thing here that I think was was largely born out of them wanting to make sure that they could give you as much of a leg up as possible. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, But yeah, she's cool. And it's honestly like the visual image of. uh, Of of Turtle Goofy and. And Octopus Donald is so good that you've really got to justify why I would not want to have them in the party.
1: It's quite impressive. Yeah, they do it. I mean, you know, you probably do if it if it weren't for Donald's movement sounds, I would I want to sound. feast yeah. my eyes on fish friends all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they, yeah. maybe they put that in there to nerf Donald. So you would put Ariel in. I don't know. Maybe so. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I like the, I like these parts of the game pretty well. You know, Monstro is weird. It's definitely a weird thing to come back to after so long of not playing the game or talking about it. Uh, Atlantica, also pretty weird. Uh, but they're, you know, they're, they're pretty fun levels. They're good to play. I liked that Monstro had a little bit of platforming in there, but not so bad that, like, you throw your controller. Yeah. Uh, And Atlantica had no platforming at all, which is great. Perfect level. Yep, that
0: is a-okay. Kingdom Hearts, maybe do less platforming. (laughs) Be nice. They just really want you to be excited for Fly. They do want you to be very excited for Fly. I I mean, you know, luckily we're not that far away from getting the glide skill, which is going to make the platforming less less bad than it is right now. But yeah, you know, uh it, it is nice to have a break from it. And Atlantica, partially because, frankly, partially because it it is a little confusing to navigate. So it's it was pretty easy for me to get turned around in it, at least feels like a pretty a pretty significant chunk of the game. Like it feels like the a, a really like big space that has a lot of stuff in it and a lot of places you need to go in it, which isn't not really that true like it's probably not that much bigger than any other level in this game but i think partially just because of the fact that you swim around in it and there's so many different you know points of interest it feels it feels big you're right it does feel
1: spacious there's a lot of little um treasure they're not treasure chests they're little clamshells that you cast a spell on to open Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff to find a a lot of cool enemies and it's, um, and yeah, the vertical movement makes it feel very spacious, which is good for an underwater level, which could sometimes feel kind of cramped since a lot of underwater levels, you're just moving really slowly. Uh, so that, that's a pretty big difference in this one. They are actually very fast in Atlantica, especially once you get your dash ability. So you so near the end of the level in order to swim against the current, which you had only really been able to accomplish by getting help from a dolphin, um, they give you an upgrade to your movement that lets you swim really fast. But they put it on the same button that's um moving up is on. Or or down maybe. And uh that does kind of mess with the functionality of the controls a little. That's a little annoying, yeah. Uh but but overall I think they're good levels. So I had a good time. Yeah. And uh,
0: so did I. And I think that these these both kind of, you know, they're they're different ways to do a Kingdom Hearts level that is is a little bit more connected to the overall the overall plot of the game. Like I'm thinking about these in like contrast to something like, say, Deep Jungle, Mm -hmm. where Deep Jungle is really just like a one off adventure that more or less does not relate to anything outside of it at all. These are interesting. And next time, uh, I believe we're going to be heading to Halloween Town.
1: Yeah. Right? So this will be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to Halloween Town. Get spooky. Ooh. Get spooky with these boys.
0: Uh, going to have another music loop that I think we're not going to like very much by the end of the oh. episode, But so it goes. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> But uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for it, and to talk a little bit about the Nightmare Before Christmas, and I guess also to talk a little bit about uh, the stuff that that you can get up to back in Travers Town. Yeah. So,
1: so we will, uh, we'll put on our pumpkin hats and get our candy, and see you in Halloween Town. Uh,
0: until next time. Uh, sorry, did we did we have an outro for this? I can't. Oh, remember. I think
1: it was. Uh, g- 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 gummy on no gummy on (laughs) thank you for listening to this episode of Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast our intro and outro feature the song Trinity by T Spiro on ocremix.org to contact the show Send us an email at kingdomheartsc C2C at gmail.com with the numeral 2. Or follow us on Twitter at KH Coast2Coast again with the numeral 2. Remember to subscribe and join us again next time as we continue our adventure in Halloween Town. <laughs> <笑>売り込んだもんだもんだ。で <勝手にしろ>。<笑>